everyone, and thank you for joining us again for the PCICS podcast, the go-to podcast for pediatric cardiac critical care. My name is Misty Ellis, and I am a pediatric acute care nurse practitioner in the CICU at Norton Children's Hospital in Louisville, Kentucky. Today, we will be speaking about the virtual nurse curriculum course with our guests, Justine, Melissa, and Dot. Welcome to the PCICS podcast. I would like for our guests to introduce themselves and give us a little bit of background in your nursing career, where you are um, professionally, and your ties to PCICS. Hi, I'm Justine Forkowitz. I am the professional practice specialist at um, Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. I have I've been there for about 13 years, been a CICU nurse for 16, and I have been working with the nurse curriculum in terms of their virtual course. I'm also on the board of directors for PCICS on the education committee and a very active member of the educator and CNS uh, special interest group. I also really enjoy, obviously, education and everything, and I have been international on mission trips in India and Ecuador to help those with congenital heart disease. Uh, My name is Dot Becca. I'm a nurse practice specialist in the cardiac intensive care unit at Boston Children's Hospital. I'm also the CICU nursing mechanical circulatory support clinical resource, the heart center bereavement coordinator, and a nurse practitioner in cardiology pre-op. I started out as a nurse liaison to PCICS with Sandy Stavesky way back when, and then spent two years, two terms on the board of directors and recently transitioned off about a year ago. I was also the one of the, I was the first co-chair of the education committee. So it's nice to be here to talk about all our initiatives. Thanks. Hi, I'm Melissa Jones. I am a um, nurse practitioner in the cardiac intensive care unit at Children's National in Washington, D.C. I'm also the director of our neurocardiac critical care program. I have been involved with PCICS for um, quite a while, and I'm the past president of PCICS now. I've had the privilege of working with both Dot and Justine um, on education initiatives um, for the society, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, ladies. So impressive. I have uh, had the privilege of knowing each of you for many years now uh, through PCICS. So I'm very excited to be leading this podcast today. So without further ado, let's just dive into the history and the birth of nurse um, education and in, in this curriculum uh, through PCICS. Yeah, sure. So um, this started with, uh, we had some online guidelines um, for with the guidance of Sandy Stavetsky and Mary Remmel several years ago. And we published those on the PCICS website. And that was sort of the birth of these, the formal curriculum that we then published. So we used a lot of the um, authors from those former guidelines and got more authors as we went along for expert in the field. And then we published the curriculum, the textbook. And um, the nice thing about this curriculum, I think it's one of the first comprehensive nursing pediatric cardiac care um, specialized curriculums and congenital heart. And so, and it's pretty comprehensive, a 600 page text. Um, I was a lead author with Melissa and Mary Rummel. It has 99 authors with expert nurses and APNs in um, the field from multiple centers in North America. 
And it was reviewed by experts in the field, including many intensivists and other APNs across North America. The curriculum itself includes seven sections, including case studies where we have defects, uh, pediatric and neonatal problems, acquired heart disease, arrhythmias, adult congenital heart disease, professional practice and case studies. And that served as a launching pad for um, the um, web-based site. And I'm going to let Melissa join in here to to add to that. Yeah, so we we recognized a need, as Dot mentioned, in the society to really engage our nursing our nursing membership, and the guidelines were a nice sort of resource, and they were, as Dot mentioned, open access, and um, we had a lot of positive feedback from that. And so to formalize it a little bit more and add um, add some additional content to that, we decided to create this curriculum. And I think that the feedback we've had so far about it has been very positive. And f- following the lead of the APP curriculum, we decided to, to branch out of it just being sort of a book and make it into a course. And so that's when we engaged Justine, um, who has really launched and led this initiative. It's great. You know, I had the uh, privilege of, you know, being a part of this curriculum development and learning alongside many other great APPs and nurse leads across the country at many institutions. And I think that's what makes it so rich, too, is all the contributors um, to the curriculum. So big shout out for you guys for um, for getting all those people together. So yeah, I think it's this time um, that we are sort of in this sort of crunch, busy, hectic world um, that we all work in, in these busy units, thinking about uh, innovation and creativity when it comes to education, right? And so how do we do that? Looking through education in different lenses. And so now there's this birth of this virtual course. So I'm really intrigued to learn more about how you took this really rich didactic information and transform it into this virtual curriculum course that is open uh, for for um, ner- all nurses and nurse practitioners to join and to listen in on the content. So Justine, do you want to talk about going from uh, paper, so to speak? Uh, yeah. the virtual world. Yeah, it was actually a great. It's actually been fun. So I think that originally with the other courses, a lot of them are through like eight eight hour days. You know, some of them there was we transitioned in COVID, obviously, to virtual, and they were doing these long days for the APP and other things. And you know, we recognize that the bedside nurse has is you know has long shifts and a time commitment of being several days in a row. And as Dot said, how comprehensive and extensive the curriculum was. So we decided to trial doing Thursday evenings. Perhaps if people are working, they can tune in pre night shift, or because it's recorded, they can do it kind of sit. You can do it synchronously or asynchronously. And I think that the The benefit of that is that people are able to attend the live course on Thursday evenings if they can, and there is a live component. We've transitioned to doing case studies and questions like through audience response systems from the lectures, which has actually been one of the most engaging and it's been fun because I think we, it's fun. People, I think now have gotten to know each other over the um, four month period that we had hold them. And we took a break for summer because, you know, we didn't want to disrupt or give everybody a little bit of time off. 
but really it was just an idea that we could space it out and also be able to do it synchronously and asynchronously with the with the learners. We also provide CNE, which is also very important for our bedside staff to get their continuing education credits for their licensure. So we're able to provide that. And we re- we took a two-month break and we're going to restart in September. And we are really looking forward to more engagement um, in the live panels and sessions, which people really enjoy. Also, I kind of say that I really like the diversity of the speakers. We have reached out to all of the authors. Most of the time, the authors are able to make uh, this, make the recordings or the sessions. The educators have engaged bedside staff members to co-present. So there's this level of, I think, you know, everyone's learning. And also it's a great opportunity for people to advance themselves professionally and put themselves out there as presenters with these experts that can, that provided the curriculum. So I, I think that's one of the, you know, genuine, like new creative things we've done is to kind of push that a little bit more with the presentations. I'd like to just echo for uh, what Justine said. The nice thing about this curriculum, well, first of all, Justine has taken the leadership in this and we couldn't have done it without her, but The nice thing is that they're two and a half hours and each of the lectures is roughly 20, 30 minutes or so. But most people, like Justine alluded to, you get a benefit from being there live. But if you can't, you can go back and you can listen to it. And then you can also listen to it multiple times. So it's it's there for the asking. So that's a really nice benefit to this. Yeah. And I think, you know, the this curriculum course is is sort of a microcosm of the benefits of the society as a whole, which is that we make these connections with colleagues outside of the walls of our own institution. And I think that the way that the course is set up, there's time at the end of each session for discussion. And so you get to know people around the country who are doing the same thing that you're doing every single day. And I think there's some benefit to that, to building some connections and relationships um, as you as these nurses are getting into the field. The other thing I wanted to comment on is the case study component of it. We thought when we did the curriculum, the published, we thought that was so important um, because nurses learn well from case studies or people in general. Um, There's maybe some debate about that, but we started to, Justine was great about getting that as an ongoing thing as the curriculum goes on, that the case studies are embedded within lectures are at the end with the experts. So I think that's a real benefit to the online learning. Do you find when you have the live sessions that there is a comfort level for the nurses attending to really engage with the speakers? And then are the speakers that are on the panel, are they, um, is it a variety of nurses and advanced practice providers, or is there one more than the other? So for the first question with like the live panels, I think they like being able to ask the presenters like specifically what they meant in terms of some things. Also with the with the center variations, um, I think that the speakers and the participants have done a good job of identifying what they do the same and what they do differently and using it as a opportunity to learn. I think that that is really important. And we've even had lectures from Canada and we definitely had a variety of practice variations. We use expert in all definitions of the word expert. So for our uh, cardiopulmonary bypass, we actually use a perfusionist who was very candid and, and excellent in explaining it. And also, I think 
his expertise particularly helped us understand some of the things that we just took for granted or thought we knew very well. It's a good mixture of uh, nurses and advanced practice nurses. The curriculum was very diverse. It, don't, it's not, it doesn't lean one way or another towards using nurses or a, or advanced practice providers. And in fact, when the authors are unable to uh, make the session, they actually promote you know, other speakers, and some of them have been physicians, fellows, and other people that they thought would be able to relay the content as they saw fit, you know, so we've had a good, diverse faculty in terms of that. What do you think makes this course unique compared to other learning modules or continuing education opportunities that um, people may have? I think to Justine's point about that is that you have the experts, you've got that live panel so that there's this opportunity for the participants to engage and to learn right there in real time when they can. Yeah. And I also think that the the content of the course was developed with nursing practice as the sort of is the center focus. So yes, we're learning about defects and yes, we're learning about which way the blood goes around in physiology, but really it all we'll come back to what does this mean for me as a bedside nurse taking care of a patient. And the curriculum also includes some content about professional development and moral distress and some simulation scenarios. So there's additional content that's really, that's really focused on nursing practice. And I think that makes it unique. It's not just a general sort of congenital heart disease course. It's really focused on what it means to the nurse and, and um, nursing implications. Completely agree with that. That's it's the nurses at the heart of this whole curriculum. And so it's also a little different from the APP one because it looked at specifically problems and issues related to nursing. So that's what does make it unique. Yeah. And I think there, the uniqueness of how it's delivered is also pretty. I think it's, it's, um, palatable. It's like got little, little chunks if you need it. Like I think that sometimes with educational, offerings, you come into this thing where like you get, it's like you, you asked for a drink of water and got a fire hydrant. So like, I think that, you know, with this, you have like, you get to take it at your pace and then review it if you need to and, and come back. Cause I, I think everyone has those different aha moments of when something connects like a topic or a lesion or a concept. And so I think this is like, you know, I want to go back and do the lesions increasing pulmonary blood flow. Cause like I'm taking care of a patient with a defect that I, you know, and so I think that it's, it's definitely something that they can, you know, take in pieces. And then also everything, as they've said before, refers back to the curriculum. So if they do have like a question, they can go back and see what the, what the book says and go from there. What is the route that someone would take? Let's say they didn't sign up initially for the course. Is there an option for someone to join in and hear the recordings? Um, now versus at, at the beginning? Honestly, we're taking people all the time. We've actually had like people sign up like two months in, three months in. You get all of the recordings anytime that you sign into the like into the course or you sign up for it. Or if you just want, there's a couple of people that have opted for some of our more advanced topics like um, the transplant, transposition, you can just buy that um, in a singular basis. The only thing is if you buy the whole course, it's um, you get the book with it. So, you know, you get more information and more resources with that. 
Have you found any interest specifically from heart institutes or hospitals across the country that said, okay, we are going to invest our nursing education into this program and have a core group of our people come and then switch out and do another core group? So we've had some inquiries. I think for the next version right now, I think we're piloting a couple of things. The idea that it being these these sessions and these, you know, these individualized topics. I think next go round we can engage with institutes. There's definitely pockets that came from each of the institutes, but I think that um, in terms of like how we might deliver it the next time, I think that we will think about individualized, like institutional based things. But right now it's just basically, we have chunks of like people from different heart centers coming and, you know, the one at Children's National, they have like a little group chat that goes on about like what the topic is and, you know, who, you know, what, what's going to be next, or if they, you know, really like the speaker. And actually Missy was one of our speakers and you got a lot of good kudos. They're like from, from the crew here at Children's National. It's probably my twine. Well, that's awesome. That's great. I think because to your point, I think, Melissa, you were mentioning earlier, connections, connections, connections. You know, we never want people to feel like they're on an island, right? I think that we specifically, all of us, we've been doing this for a while now, and we have learned the true value of having those um, great connections with other, not just people, but institutions and and having that extra support, um, I think is just huge in our career and just growing professionally. I like to always think of it as a lifelong learning experience. And this piece, this curriculum has really added, uh, I believe, value for those learners that are very interested in congenital heart disease and can can last for for a long time. I would like to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this podcast, Children's of Alabama. As a joint cooperative of Children's of Alabama and the University of Alabama at Birmingham, the Pediatric and Congenital Heart Center of Alabama is a leader in comprehensive pediatric and adult congenital cardiac care for people of Alabama and the Southeastern United States. We celebrate multidisciplinary teamwork to provide the highest quality family-centered care, research, and clinical innovation that translates into improved patient outcomes and safety and preparing our future healthcare leaders via fellowship training. Our center includes 20 state-of-the-art CVICU rooms, four dedicated ECMO suites, an easy access to UAB high-risk obstetric birthing suites, and regional neonatal intensive care units. On average, we perform over 450 cardiac surgeries per year, including greater than 300 cases on cardiopulmonary bypass, approximately 10 heart trans per year, and greater than 700 cardiac catheterizations per year, including 100 EP cases and ablations, and greater than 15,000 2D and 3D echocardiograms per year, including greater than 600 transesophageal echocardiograms and greater than 200 fetal echocardiograms. Our specialized cardiac support team includes advanced practice nurses, respiratory therapists, child life, social work, pharmacists, a dietitian, and speech occupational physical therapists. Thank you, Children's Hospital of Alabama. So to sort of wrap up our podcast, let's talk about the things that you think overall have gone really well through this program. And then we'll conclude with your thoughts on why people should engage in this curriculum and what benefit they're going to see in return. I think it's just been an exciting thing to connect with so many people. I think 
at the core of what PCICS does is to provide these connection moments, these networking opportunities, and also just this high level education with such good quality. The the human part of, you know, our speakers that come on the panel and share their experience. And I think that it's a very blame-free environment and like working through, like maybe there are a couple of times where people might not have had like the answer people were looking for, but we, you get people to the right answer. And I think that connection piece, and then also like having experts on the on the line, you know, able to really talk to you about a case. Like some, I, at one point, a person brought up a OR case that they had had previously and the speaker was able to give them, you know, that very unique clinical knowledge of being in the practice for over 30 years. And I think that that piece is just, it's like, it was humbling, but also so rewarding. And also we're all in it together. This idea that you never stop learning and you never stop giving. And I think that that is like very cool in our very, very evolving specialty, right? And we're learning what other centers do. We're learning, you know, how people, what medications are being used. And I think it's empowering people to bring back, you know, new ideas. For example, the hybrid procedure, we like the expert from Nationwide was able to give a very comprehensive review of the hybrid and what the goals are for a center that's really a center of excellence for it. And a lot of people were really engaged and wanted to know more about what made that so impactful for the Nationwide family. And I think that that was in particularly really, really rewarding to see as somebody who's facilitated the course. I just want to echo what Justine just said, pretty much all of it. But um, the networking piece is huge. And the the fact that this is just geared for nurses and because it's live, there's this feedback that can go with it that we can pivot at any moment and take the feedback. And that's why we embedded more case studies, more interaction. And adding some parts to the curriculum that aren't currently in the textbook to come, like things on heterotaxy and, you know, rings and slings, um, things like that. And so why is it important? I think it's because it's one of the few really comprehensive pediatric cardiac critical care nursing curriculums, I think, out there that really provides an opportunity for that live connection and interaction. And even if you can't make the live tape, you've got access to the experts uh, through email or other venues to, to really engage in the learning. So I think that's been a really great opportunity. Yeah, I completely agree with both of you. And I think, you know, from a PCICS standpoint, one thing that I have always really loved about PCICS is the multidisciplinary nature of the society and how all disciplines who take care of a patient with cardiac disease are represented. And it's been a little bit of a challenge to really engage bedside nurses. And so this course is really a a service to bedside nurses. And my hope is that it's really just a launching point for them to become involved in the society and stay connected to colleagues around the country and also lead our field. This is, we're sort of still evolving and growing and learning as Justine mentioned. And I think we need nursing leaders. We need people who really make cardiac ICU nursing part of their own identity and advance the field. And so I think this is a step in that direction. And it's been a real enormous privilege to work with Justine and Dot on this. And from a personal standpoint, Dot was the CNS when I started at Boston Children's 20 years ago in the cardiac ICU. And so the the idea that I get to work with her on this now has just been like amazing. I mean, I thought I could never, ever 
be as as cool as Dot. And here I am. I get to work with her and, and make, look at look and at develop look it. At, they're both cooler than I am now. <laughs> I remember Justine as a new grad nurse in the cardiac ICU, and look at her now. Right. <laughs> To your question, Misty, about like why people, I, I think that this is version 1.0 and it's we're going to build on that for the next future ones, but there's still opportunities to get in on this on version 1.0. We have, I think, seven more sessions from September through December, and we did a, late, a bunch of lesions Previously, we have one more lesion-based topic, and then we go into things like a day outside of the heart where we go over um, neurodevelopment, brain, renal, respiratory. And then I think a really important one is a staff support one. We're going to deep dive into moral distress, staff support, professional development, You know, going to growing, like Melissa said. Like this is a career, this is actually the coolest career. I say that all the time. People don't believe me, but I think this is the best job that you can possibly, possibly ever have. And I think that there's some other things like non-technical things that we're going to kind of go over and we're going to wrap it up with team dynamics and uh, communication topics where we're going to have some experts talk about, you know, the the high stakes environment that we work in, but, you know, the human factors that go along with it. And so I'm really excited for the second half. I Obviously, a lot of our uh, nursing has to do with um, lesion-based care, but there's other stuff that we really, you know, Cardiac ICU, cardiac is in the name, but we have a lot of things that we have to talk about in addition to. Well, this is really impressive. Not only the curriculum and the innovation in the virtual platform, but it's impressive because of all the people um, that are involved, the work, the knowledge. I step back in awe when I think about not just the the curriculum textbook, but now seeing it come to life. Um, So Congratulations on just uh, an outstanding job. And to Melissa's point, we are very fortunate to have PCICS supporting nursing and really putting the profession at the seat at the table alongside physicians and APPs were there. And so I think that is a lot of value. And I hope that, and I my guess is that folks who are attending uh, the curriculum have a wow factor just because this is being provided for them in such a rich, robust fashion. So thank you again for joining us today. I really appreciate Justine, Melissa, and Dot for joining me today. We enjoyed having you on our podcast. To all our listeners, thank you for listening to the PCICS podcast. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or whatever you listen to podcasts. Please visit our website, pcics.org, where you can find more information about how to become a member and enjoy updated info on educational resources, meetings, job listings, and much, much more. The song, I Don't Know, Back Grapes, was under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license.